Welcome back to another episode of Emotional Mastery with Rochelle, the podcast where we talk about all things emotional healing, self-regulation, just all the tools I've learned on this 6-3 emotional manifesting generator journey of mine that have, have gotten me to the place where I really know myself, where I can sit and feel more confidence, more awareness of patterns, habits, things like that. And just like understanding that my emotions are powerful. My emotions are like this internal guidance system that I have. And it's really about mastering the tools that allow me to regulate those emotions, not allow them to take over while simultaneously listening to them and trusting them because I truly do believe that our emotions are our GPS. It is like our guidance system. It is the thing that really tells us what is for us and what isn't for us. But so often we get really in our head about it and our mind takes over and then we overthink it, which makes the emotion so much bigger than it needs to be. And so it's really finding these tools to regulate that and just come back to your knowing. It takes a lot of work, a lot of showing up for yourself every single day. There are so many tools to it that we really dig into. I bring on really incredible guests on here that share their story and their experiences with their emotions and just like how they've gotten to where they're at today. Today, if you are watching on YouTube, you actually get to see faces to the podcast because in the past it has um, on YouTube, it's just been like a little graphic, but today I have all of the recordings. So that is a perk. If you want to watch it on YouTube, the link is in the show notes. It's something I've just kind of added on recently. I'm really, really excited to have Alexandra BB Shelley on today's episode. She is the founder and CEO of Dog Eared Book Club, um, which is a community that really seeks to connect you to books. Uh, she has thought leaders and avid readers on her podcast. And each month, she invites a thought leader into her podcast and really asks them how books have impacted their life mentally, spiritually, intellectually, etc. And their episode is released alongside their book list and a group leader seminar, which Alexandra mediates the conversation between her, the leaders, and the members of her, the membership. And the podcast also features book influencers with solo episodes on tackling reading anxieties, tips how to feel more confident as a reader, categorize books and book reviews. Like, honestly, if you are a book lover, if you are, oh my gosh, like I am just so obsessed with her podcast because I love to read. This has always been my like escape, my safe place. So you can head over and find her. Everything is linked in the show notes, but it's dogeareddbookclub.co. On Instagram, it's at dogeared.bookclub. And you can find her podcast, The Dog Eared Book Club, wherever you get podcasts. We talk about mediumship. We talk about manifestation. We talk about our spiritual stories with ghosts and our spiritual journey. We talk about, of course, books. It is such, such a good, it's such a good episode. And as you can see, it is a long ass episode too. So I don't want to take up too much time here in the intro talking about it, but I'm really, really excited to have her on this. It was such a beautiful conversation. And the two books that she has mentioned, there are more than that. There are books in the show notes, but what I've been reading lately are Oneness that she mentions. I'm about halfway through. It is a very heavy book. It is a very powerful book. It is a very beautiful book, but I'm reading it with, with a lot of intention because I don't want to not be paying attention to miss parts of it. I have highlighted so much in it. I have dog-eared half the book. Like Honestly, it's so crazy. It's so good. It's not crazy. It's just good. <laughs> and then uh, Wild, she talks about that in this episode, Wild by Jay Griffiths. And I have to say, like this book is blowing me 
away. The way that she has her words, the way she describes things, like it's literally almost like turning me on. It is so, so incredibly powerful. I'm just like literally in awe with her descriptions and everything that she has to say. And I, there is a short section that Alexandra did send me after the episode because she wanted to make sure that you guys heard it about the way that she manifests because we really dive into manifestation. So I'm going to include that here and on to the episode. I cannot wait. Of course, I would love, love, love if you would rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend, whatever you feel called to do. Every little bit helps get this podcast out to more ears so that I can continue to bring you more guests, continue to bring you more episodes. Also, two more things, housekeeping before I start the episode. The Emotional Mastery Workbook is out, and you guys get a discount code with that, with EMR20, Emotional Mastery20, EMR20. That'll get you 20% off the book. It's literally just almost like 70 pages of tips, tricks, tools that I found throughout my journey. It's really like the companion guide to this podcast, basically. It talks about the emotional solar plexus. It talks about chakra health. It talks about gut health and literally talks about you know all the tools like movement, journaling, meditation, breath work. It goes so into detail on all those things. There is sections for journaling. Like it's just got all of it. So head over to the link in my bio. You can also go over to the website rochellechristian.net, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-E.net. And underneath the tab that says the shop, the book will be in there and it's EMR20 to get 20% off that. I also have opened up a membership space, a community space for you guys. For It's got gut health stuff in there. It's got human design stuff in there. It's got astrology stuff in there. It's got spiritual stuff in there. We're going to have live monthly calls. Uh, The first call is December 15th. So if you want to get on that, go join now. It is literally everything that I MG in my life. I'm throwing into this. My intention for the new year is literally just community. I have healed so much this past year within community and I want to keep it going. And so this is a space where we can create this community where we are lifting each other up, where we are supporting each other and really just sharing everything we've learned along the way and just listening to each other and creating that space. Cause I think that's so important. That's so often something that we don't often do. I feel like is just listen, right? Some, so many people just want to be heard and that's something that, I think this world needs more of is to just honestly, genuinely listen to each other. So that is my goal. That is my intention. And the December 15th live call is going to be all about intention setting. So as we go into the new year and at the end of December, I have in the past two years taken all of December off the podcast. I'm not doing that this year. I'm just taking the last two weeks off the podcast and then it will resume in January. But head over. The link is in my bio for that as well. Not my bio. The link is in the show notes for that as well. So head over there, click on that, come join us in the community space. I am so excited for this. It feels so powerful and I'm so just, mm, just so lit up by that. And I cannot wait to see you all in there. And so again, there's going to be a short clip uh, that Alexandra wanted to make sure that you heard, and then there will be the episode. So until next week, I will talk to you guys then. I believe the most important piece when it comes to manifesting is really putting in the footwork. And I think it's really easy to, you know, you know, write something on the wall or, 
you know, create a mood board and pray on your pillow, which are all important. Like surround yourself internally and externally with your manifestations and do what really connects with your soul. But it's really all about doing the work and living out in the world doing the work because that's where the beauty is done. That's where change happens. And I'm not saying that meditation, that prayer, that chanting, that song, that whatever you do is not important because it is. It's definitely a very important piece to raising your vibration. But your vibration comes with living and comes with doing. And that's where I have seen, you know, my manifestations come true when I ask you know, spirit and God to really guide me. And I ask them, please help me do the footwork. Please allow me to see, hear, listen, do, you know, go where I need to go and speak who I need to speak to, do what I need to do, um, feel what I need to feel, all that in order for my manifestations to manifest. Well, welcome to the Emotional Mastery Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I always start with just tell us as much or as little as you would like to about yourself, your journey, how you got here. And this being a podcast about emotions, I always love to just know like what your relationship with emotions has kind of been throughout your life. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I guess I'll, I'll introduce myself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So I'm Alexandra Shelley, but ever since I was a baby, I've gone by BB and that's a fun, cute little story. So both of my parents are from New Zealand and yeah, when I was born, they're like, Oh my God, she's such a little beep. And I wish I could do the accent. I just do the accent so poorly. And then it evolved into BB and I've had the nickname BB ever since. And, but it's actually funny until like this year, actually, when I got my job, I was like, you know what? I kind of like Alexandra. It's kind of a vibe. <laughs> and I felt like it was almost, it almost felt like a new era for me. I'm like, no, I feel like I've really grown into my own and I've healed so much and I've shedded so much. I'm like, no, I think I'm actually ready to be called Alexandra. I live in Santa Monica, California. I'm from Orange County. Uh, definitely classic California girl. Oh my gosh, how I got here. Holy moly. So I went to University of Colorado Boulder. I've always been a writer. I literally had 5 million journals. I was just obsessed with writing. And then ever since I won this like super silly writing contest in fourth grade where I wrote a story. And then when you win, they act it out. And it was a, I don't even know if I should say what it was about, but it's so funny. I'll just say it. Cause I'm kind of, I was like in fourth grade, it was about a snowflake that was too small to play basketball. Like, are you kidding me? But everyone loved it. It was, it was a winner apparently. And ever since then that was like, wow, I really love storytelling. And so then I got into college and my dad is like a very successful pragmatic entrepreneur. And he was like, you know, BB, you, you need to do something, you know, that can make you money. And I was like, okay, well, and I tried economics classes, literally got a D I couldn't get it for the life of me. Uh, and then I saw my college counselor and she was like, have you thought about the school of journalism and advertising? And I took my first advertising class and I was like, this is it, this is everything. Cause it's creative, but also like it's business. 
And I've been in the advertising world like for a few years. I've interned at some like super cool places. And then, wow, honestly, how I got to LA Times is pretty crazy. I feel during COVID was probably my, probably one of my most pivotal years because I was doing so much shedding and grieving of my old self and, you know, grieving of the relationships I had. And I think I was also just grieving BB. I'm like, I'm not a little girl anymore. And I think people saw me as a little girl and, you know, my dad was going through like a potential divorce and, you know, it was COVID and I was also going through my own spiritual awakening. And when you accept the path of spirit for those who are like doing mediumship, like you literally have to sacrifice like things in your diet and people and energies. And like, I had a whole autoimmune thing. So like, it was just the most insane year of shedding for me. And I've had the idea of dog-eared book club for years actually it was actually sorry i just realized i haven't even looked at you once sorry i <laughs> i really adhd so i look around when i talk i just realized i have not looked at you at all so pretty much i thought of book pantry at one of my internships and i knew it wanted i knew i wanted it to be like big and beautiful and just different i didn't know what the heck it would be but i started out like super scrappy interviewing like really awesome like ceos or whoever and that's actually how i have some of the leaders on that everyone will be seeing eventually which is super super cool And then during COVID, that was also when, again, I did a lot of healing and shedding and I was like, no, like this is it. I'm going to make it my life or not my life. Oh yeah. Actually my life. What am I saying? But I want to make it real and like give it a heartbeat. And then it was pretty crazy. I, I, it's so wild. So I think in like October, I was living in this apartment with like this girl was a friend of a friend and this roommate ship was like, it was like good on the surface, but like not great just because I think I really wish her the best and I hope she's healing, but it was just a relationship that was just like, I think there was just a lot of resentment on her end. And like, I hate saying it, but like jealousy, it was just, it was just really bad. And so for a while, for three months, I was like manifesting like more money a studio, like a wonderful partner. Like I was really manifesting some big things. And I know I haven't like done any kind of crazy manifestation programs, but I know I've, I love uh, to be magnetic. And I know something she says, and a lot of people say is like the universe works at the 11th hour. And so it's certainly at the 11th hour. Um, my roommate and I had a huge falling out. Like it was really traumatic. Like I had a whole skin breakout all over my body. And like, that's just kind of my weak point. And pretty much it was like kind of festering for like a few weeks. And then it got to February and I got the call to, and then all of a sudden out of the blue, I got a call to freelance at LA times. And I was like, wait, that's amazing. And things with this guy I was dating was getting more serious. And I'm like, okay, like this is pretty cool. And so I was just kind of taking it day by day. And then again, like we weren't doing great. And then we had this huge fallout 
And it was really, really traumatic. And then the morning after we had this fight, then we had an even worse fight. And it was so traumatizing. However, it was the same day I had a call with the LA Times recruiter. And that day, I had my mom, my mentor, my little sister all come up. I was looking at a studio already, moved into that studio that same day before 4 p.m., before she got home. 99% of the furniture was mine. She came home to an empty ass apartment. And then two days later, or no, a day after I got the call that I got the job, like a full-time job. And then it was my birthday a couple days afterwards, like my 26th birthday. So honestly, sorry, this was like the most long-winded introduction, but I feel like it was so important to share that just because I think just all those years of really hard work that feels like torture is just so worth it because it got me to where, got me here, honestly, got me in front of you, got me manifesting dog-eared and it got me to a place where I feel like years ago, I would have been like, wow, I wish I could be like that girl. But now I'm like, no, I am that girl. Like I am this like badass boss bitch that's mm-hmm. like doing her thing and like feeling super proud of herself. So yeah, that's why I'm here. So <laughs> I love that so much. I think, yeah, we're all, I don't know, all of our stories and all of our, all of our paths are so unique and so just like ours, you know what I mean? Like Gosh, when I was 26, I was like a stay-at-home mom. You know what I mean? Like, but I had this fire in me and like, I was just like, I knew I, there was something so much more for me. I just, I was lost. I was confused. Like I had no idea. And I did that for like three years. Then like long story, then COVID happened again. Now I had two kids and I was like launched into the stay-at-home mom thing again. I was like, this is not for me. (laughs) I cannot do this. This is like not my path anymore, but that's, I love that. There's like a few things that I want to touch on or ask questions yeah, to you. Like, totally. of course I want to go back to the mediumship thing. I love manifestation work. Cause I, and you mentioned to be magnetic. I had done it a couple. Yeah. I want to say like a couple years ago and I'm a manifesting generator in human design. So I'm just like scattered. I'm all over the place. I just, I couldn't be consistent with it in hindsight. I think it just wasn't the time for me. Like the mm-hmm. things that I wanted to come through. I had too many shadows that I hadn't seen yet and whatever, but I started doing it back in July But like with manifestation, the thing I'm discovering too, and and maybe, you know, for you having those fights with your roommate could have just been, I don't know. I feel like when you're not like so focused on the thing, like whether it was the job or, you know, the apartment, like maybe the fights were in some way distracting you. So you can kind of release that. Like you said, the universe comes through at like the 11th hour. Oh my God. I was going on a trip to Mexico in May for my birthday. I I think it was like March. And I was just like, you know what? I want to leave the country. I'm going to manifest this trip or whatever. And somebody was like, Hey, I'm in Mexico. You want to come? I was like, hell yeah. Why not? And then my passport didn't come. It was like the week before literally my passport. I was so, cause I was supposed to leave at like 5am in the morning. And this was like, so less than 48 hours ahead of time. And I was freaking out. I called the passport office. They're like, well, you can overnight it, but we can't promise it's going to get there. I was like, I did this paperwork back in, I think it was the beginning of April. And my trip was the middle of May. I was like, how is it not here? And I opened Instagram and the very first post was just like something about the universe, like tests you, or it makes you wait till the 11th hour, just to show you just to show you how to trust. And I saw that and I closed my phone. I was like, don't even stress. It's going to come literally the morning before my flight. I got the notification. My passport was at my house. I was like, oh my gosh. But I think it's because like, I just, 
you have that trust and you just let go. It's like when you're so focused on the thing and it's almost like you're like suffocating it, it's, it has no sense to go anywhere. And the universe is just like, you have to let it go. It's the craziest thing getting there. You're like, Ooh, like, I don't know, <laughs> let it go. but yeah. God, it's so freeing once you finally do. Also, this looks so weird, but I'm drinking apple cider vinegar and Manuka honey. I just don't want to like, you know, it's so acidic on my teeth. Oh yeah. I just, <laughs> I have this apple cider vinegar. It's like a little, um, you only take like a tablespoon of it. It tastes terrible, but it's got <laughs> apple cider vinegar. It's got jalapenos. It's got, oh my God. Who yeah. Turmeric, ginger, all these random things. It's, but it, I know it's like helping me. <laughs> but, I know it's helping. Yeah. But like, other than to be magnetic, what is your manifestation process? Like, how do you call these things in and any steps that you take, or is it just kind of like, do you put it out and just release it? It is so weird because I feel like I didn't have a formal, or I still don't really have like a super formal like process. I know. I mean, for one, like this is so funny. So, I mean, one of the things that I really try to do is just like definitely number one, put it out there. And whenever I like speak about it, it's always like, I am going to be this or like, this will happen. And like, I will make it happen. I've never, I have never said like, Oh, like there's no way I like, I I can't even finish a sentence. It's like, like it feels like vomit. And I think it's pretty cool because I feel like I've rewired those pathways of telling myself only like those affirming positive affirmations. So anyways, so like, this is like, I'll probably grow and edit, but this is like my list of, of dream podcast guests. I'm like, all right. So like putting it out there, this exists. And then these are like just affirmations, like different affirmations of, um, you know, myself, like I'm abundant, I'm intelligent. So I think definitely continuing to just speak to myself with like loving, kind words, God, I mean, I'm like trying to think what else I do. I think one of the biggest things is just really like making it known to spirit and really dropping into spirit and being like, look, I really like, this is where I really want to be. And this is what I desire. And it's just kind of weird because one of the gifts I have is like clear cognizant. So I just know. Um, which is kind of cool. And I just like, I guess for the specific thing, it's just, I just know what to do. And it was, I feel so I almost, I actually wanted, uh, I want to share it with you girls. So when that sweet, sweet, what's her name? Allie Dietz. She shared her kind of like blockage with money. And I would say I've cleared a lot of my blockage with money but I think there's just like a little bit of residue over. And so I like wrote, cause I know, um, I, I never usually do this, but I, I learned so much on TikTok. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like I learned that like when you do something to song and rhythm, like it heightens the vibration. So I was like, what if I wrote a really like ridiculously catchy song about money and like money loves me. I love money and money is love. Money is good. And like, it was just, I don't know. I could like get my like notebook or whatever and like sing it. But I was like, okay, like I can, you know, I can get behind this. So, I mean, again, that was kind of like all over the place, but I think that's just one of the things is I just, 
Oh, 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 yes. I think also I saw it on a random Google search because I was like, I want to manifest this. I think something that really resonated with me is not so much manifesting the thing, but manifesting how you'll feel, which I totally resonate with. Cause I know we'll get into it, but I am a, an emotional, like, Oh my God, I'm an orb of like, literally my sweatshirt is empathy is free. Like I'm just like an orb of emotion. And I think that was really huge because, you know, for instance, again, like I look at like, again, I love my dad. He's a role model. He's a, he's my friend. Like he's amazing, but you know, he's very, you know, men are very money driven. And I think one of the reasons like I want to be very wealthy is like, I really want to reframe that success. I want to reframe success as like beautiful and loving and abundant. And like, it's good. It's a good thing. And I want to have a lot of money because I want to feel like I can truly give back what my family has given me and I can invest in myself and my business. I can invest in, you know, my family and my husband. I can send my kids to college. You know, I just, or just like want to go on a vacation because like, I feel like I deserve it. Or you know what? I want to get those pair of jeans and not have to worry about it. So it's like those little things where it's definitely about the feeling and the connection to the feeling and why, um, again, that was like really kind of like all over the mm-hmm. place, but I was just kind of, cause it's funny. I just don't really have a super formal way of doing it, but yeah. I love that. I think that's powerful in itself. What is your, um, sun sign? I know I have your, uh, human design chart, but mm, Pisces, Pisces. Do you know what your moon and rising? Yes. My rising is Scorpio. My moon is Sagittarius. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My son's, my son's right. I think we talked about this. My son's rising is Scorpio. Oh, and they're yes. like, there's a lot of karma with Scorpio. Yes. Risings. Oh my God. You did say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that. Like I, I have always, my like relationship to money is interesting. I always have, it's always, the universe has always provided when I absolutely need it, mm. but I feel like for me, so I've never gone to the point where I'm like, i I never think I'm not going to have any, right. But I have a limit, right? Like I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm worthy of this, right. It's like, my mind is like, I'll always have just enough to get by, but then the abundance part of it is where I struggle. But I think it's been really expansive, especially I know like Lacey Phillips, because I think for a long time, I just thought like having money made you greedy. You couldn't want things. You couldn't want the material items. And I'm a Taurus sun and a Leo moon and Leo rising. So like luxury, you know, material things, like all that, like just, I love food. I love dining out. I love good wine. Like I love the expensive taste. Right. But I always just felt like I couldn't like those things because that was just like too much. Like nobody, my mom used to tell my ex like that I was too expensive for him. He couldn't afford me. Right. And I was just like, um, well, first of all, I can afford, I maintain myself, right? Like (laughs) I can take care of myself. just (laughs) And then like, even people like after that, I would date, like after I got divorced, she would tell them like, you can't afford her. And I'm like, So I just had this idea that I couldn't want those things, right. That it just made me like too big and too much. And I know she was like, well-intentioned, you know, our parents are are what they are, but, you know, like listening to Lacey Phillips, like talk a lot, like that was one of her authentic codes was luxury. And so there's just, I think like being in this space and like just deepening myself and obviously like unblocking and going through the shadow work just really kind of has given me that permission of just like, it's okay to want things. There's nothing wrong with the material. There's nothing wrong with wanting like luxurious, like lifestyle, like that's all okay. But I had a question for you. You were talking about just 
not allowing yourself to even like kind of think the negative version of things or just being like, has that always been there for you? Was that something you had to work on? Cause I think a lot of us, like even with, you know, when it comes to abundance and money, we can, you know, like sitting in journaling, like I'm worthy of it. I'm this, but then somewhere our subconscious is just like, no, you're not right. It's like, how do you, or how did you like rewire even that like subconscious part? I think, oh yeah. I mean, like I, I'm on like, uh, you know, antidepressants and I've been on them. I actually switched to a new one, like literally months ago and it's, it, they're amazing, but I've been like, I was diagnosed with like, you know, severe depression and anxiety. Oh, I would say like senior of college. What is that? Like five or six years ago. Um, and I've definitely been an ADHD kid all my life. I just think what my, my dad, you know, said to me one time that we, we had like an amazing dinner, like really connecting and kind of, you know, it's, it's my older brother, me, and then my two little sisters and, you know, my mom was an addict. She also had an eating disorder that was untreated for years. Like ever since she was in like, I think college until she was like 40 or 50 and she's 62 now. And, you know, there's just a lot that went on in my family. And, but then, you know, my brother kind of was on the rocks and like my little sister, Lizzie is, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but she has fragile X. She's high functioning, but you know, they had to take care of Lizzie. And I was just like a really easy child. Like I just, I don't know. I think the way, the way I coped with a lot of life was like, just ignorance is bliss. Like, do, do, do. Like, I'm just going to play hopscotch. Like I have no idea, but, um, I think one, since I was kind of not tended to for a while, I think I didn't know what was wrong with me and they didn't know what was wrong with me because of the way I coped. I was like, oh, why do I hate myself when I look in the mirror? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I, you know, I went to bed, but I just didn't really know how to kind of speak about it with my parents. And yeah, I mean, definitely also like even another thing, like I went to like a really posh private school in Southern California and I went there for like almost my entire school career. Like it's preschool to high school and I left to public school like junior, senior year. But anyways, like we had these advisory groups. I don't know what you call it, but it was like a staff member had like a random selection of like girls or boys and like you would meet once a week and have snacks and chat and like just kind of have fun like watch a movie or or then like you they would also talk about your quarterly report cards and like you know whatever because they're kind of like a like a mentor to you and straight up this math teacher of an advisor counsel of mine literally called me a ditz and an airhead I was like what and I went to all my teachers and I was like, did you call me this? And they're like, no, that is so unprofessional. And so, I mean, for, and so the crazy thing that it's like, it was math and I already did not like math. So for so long, I was like, I'm really bad at math. Like for years, I'm like, I'm not touching the tip. Like, yeah, I'm not doing the tip. I'm not doing the tip. And I was always telling myself, like, I'm not good at math. I can't do math. And I think, yeah, like, I think people also saw me as like stupid because I have really high energy, maybe because my name is BB and it's kind of like bouncy and silly. And yeah, I mean, I know definitely like I had several girlfriends that, you know, have, you know, social climbed past me, if that makes sense. And it, it devastated me and it felt like I wasn't loved enough or my love wasn't enough. So yeah, I've definitely gone through some interesting things and like definitely abandonment stuff, you know, with my mom being super, super sick with her addiction and, 
you know, my dad was gone for work a lot. And like, that was kind of like what you were saying is like, they're like, mom, why do you work a lot? And that, that was like my dad when I was younger, like he was working his ass off for so long. And now he's like chilling and his team's doing like, you know, a lot of the work, but, but that he deserves it. But yeah, for many, many years, I definitely uh, did not, like, I, I loved myself, but I guess I like, didn't, one, I didn't know what was wrong with me. And two, I didn't know what, like, I was like, ah, how do I put this? I was just like, guys, I'm so nice to you. Like, what do you see wrong in me? You know, like, I feel like I'm perfectly kind and I'm silly and I'm welcoming. And like, why, like, why don't you want to be my friend anymore? Or like, why doesn't this boy like me? Like I put my favorite headband on today, um, you know, cause I, I have like really gorgeous friends and I kind of felt like under their shadow or you know, just, yeah, for many, many years, but I would say, oh my God, honestly, maybe when I started my mediumship journey, which was like 2018, um, and just kind of really like completely surrendering. And then it probably like intensified during COVID. And I read this book called, have you heard of the book oneness? Like it is amazing. So my mentor actually told me to read it, but it's like all channeled from spirit and pretty much it's just like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like each chapter I've read, I'm like, wait, I need this right now. And, you know, it's just really about like physically, mentally, you know, emotionally connecting to spirit. And it's not like, and the thing is, it's not, it's definitely a little abstract. You kind of read it and you're like, what? But to me, it made complete sense just because like I was already two years deep into like my spiritual path. And I think that's where it really got me where, you know, one of the things she said was just like, you know, your, your thoughts are vibrations and your words are vibrations and your actions are vibrations and they really, really matter. And you know, you just need to be so intentional about how you live in the world and your purpose. And like, what was it? There is something about, you know, the decisions you make, like, does that align with you? Like, is what you said, did that align with you? And I think I just knew every time I said something terrible to myself, I'm like, that literally like makes me sick. Like, I don't like being mean to myself. And I feel like I almost manifested like the terrible things if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I was manifesting like my worries or my anxieties when I should be manifesting like the good and what I deserve. So yeah, I would, yeah. (laughs) Do you feel like, because I resonate with a lot of what you just said to just, I grew up actually in the middle East. And so I, there was just a lot of wealth. And so I, from that point of view of like going to a school where there's a lot of, I, I feel like the standard, the societal standard, the expectations of like how one should be and act are very different in that. And I think for me, it was always like, even from like a young child, it was like, you had to sit and not speak. You had to be the good kid. You couldn't, God forbid you were creative or artistic, or just don't just be the good student. That's going to get through school and not embarrass your family and your friends and like, whatever. I feel like that. I mean, personally, I have a lot of shadows from that where it's like, I couldn't be like, I just never felt like I could be me. And I was like, I wanted to be a photographer. My parents kind of like shut that down because it wasn't like the corporate, you know, businessy, you know, my dad worked for the same company for 35 years, um, Mm. you know, just had that padding and had that lifestyle. Right. And I just, I'm now I'm 35 and I am just 
I guess like more of a free spirit. I'm like, you know, like I lost the corporate job and now I'm like bartending and I'm building my business. And like, I believe in it so much, but they're just like, when are you getting back into corporate? You know, like when, when is this phase going to end and you're going to be able to get something stable. But anyway, that was kind of a side note, but I just, I guess my question to you is like, do you feel like just, I mean, that environment, I feel, did that affect how, how did you feel like that affected you? Does that make oh, sense? <laughs> like, no, no, like honestly, so, so much. And it really fed into like one of the really important pillars with dog-eared because again, like, as like, I told you, like pretty much, like I was blatantly called stupid by a teacher. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, you know, I even remember like getting mistaken for being younger because yeah, like I, I probably do look young, like, which is great. Cool. But like, also because I'm really bubbly. And I think that's a, that's a bummer that people see high energy as immature. But I think now that I actually, you know what, revising that statement, that energy that I had was super ungrounded. So it was really hectic, but now I have high energy and it's way more grounded and Mm -hmm. way more solid. So I think, but I think even still, and I think also they just didn't understand like artistic, creative, I don't even think ADHD kids. And I think, unfortunately, like I remember having a couple friends that, yeah, like that, like when they told the school they had ADHD, they would go into a special room to take their tests, which sounds like pretty cool. Like I, like even now, like, Oh, like that sounds awesome. But I think as a kid, that's kind of traumatizing a little because it really ostracizes you. It's like pointing out that you're different or yeah. Yeah. I think there's like, there's a lot of like comparison and judgments in that environment too, which there is everywhere, you know, like it's not to say that it's just strictly for that, but yeah, I just, I, I, I felt that like comparison and judgment so much of like, I wasn't, you know, didn't have as much money as someone else or like they were all pretty or they could afford to have these clothes or, you know, like just that, like the differences there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty wild. And it was interesting because like, I had like, yeah, one of my best, best friends, like from fourth grade, like, you know, she was my best friend there and I had some wonderful girlfriends there, but I just like felt, I'm like, I just know, like, there's so much more for me. Like, I know I can meet more amazing people. Like, I just know I'm meant to blossom elsewhere. And I'm so happy I chose to go to like Laguna Beach High School. And I actually met like, definitely like, a like, I have like a group of like 20 amazing people where we like all connect for birthdays and like holidays and events. And like, we are super, super solid. And I have like my absolute like core group of girls, like from that high school and they have so much depth and they, I feel like also in that environment in school, it's like when, so uh, definitely like a huge part of what added to my abandonment issues is my mom tried to take her life and like my brother and my dad walked in on that. And it was just like, I was like 14. I'm like, how do I even, it was weird. I don't even think I didn't process it truly until COVID. That's also like, I had to like forgive my mom. And, um, like it was the weirdest thing. Cause I'm like, I love, like, I love a good shower cry, like cram before bed, like good night's sleep. Like I'm all about letting the tears out, but that was one thing I did not cry about. And I just feel like none of my girlfriends, like at this private school, like nothing against them. It's just like, they just didn't get it. Like they just didn't get 
the depth of trauma or the depth of like, they're like, Oh, I, I don't know. I just feel like it was just, it felt very airy fairy. And then I, when I went to Laguna, like I had, I mean, it sounds like weird and horrible, but I had girlfriends that like truly went through traumatic experiences and they can, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is like, they can get deep with me. And I think that's what I was looking for. I feel like I've always been such a deep old soul, like ever since I was a little girl. And I just feel like I definitely felt super misunderstood. I think definitely not only by girlfriends, but also by guys for sure. Like they're probably like, who's this little weirdo with the black, like curly hair everywhere, you know? And I I don't even know what I'm doing with myself, but I finally felt understood. And I think that was like a huge part of me because I don't even think my family understood me. And, you know, it's funny. It's like my brother's in real estate. My little sister, you know, is studying finance and my dad, you know, is an entrepreneur. Like my, like I, okay, my brother, my, my little sister are, I don't know if you know, like, I don't know what that personality test with the letters. Enneagram. I think, I mean, like, I'm an ENFP. Okay. Yeah. I think that's an Enneagram. I'm yeah. Okay. So like I'm an ENFP, Julia and David are ISTJ. My dad's an I S no I N T J. And then my mom's like, I think a similar thing. I think my mom's an ISTJ and I'm an ENFP and I'm just like here. So I was already so different from a lot of my family. And then I got into mediumship and then I like, of starting a company and a podcast. They're just like, what is going on? And, um, you know, I just think, yeah, for a lot of my life, I was, um, honestly, I totally forgot the question. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely misunderstood. And I think in that school, it made me, made me feel really misunderstood for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going deep is, uh, that's a big one. It's hard. It's hard for me to like stay on the surface level with people and, like even like bartending, sometimes you can tell some people just want to like talk about the weather. And I just struggle so much in those conversations. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Like, (laughs) and then some people just want to go, like, they like launch into those stories. And I just, I think there's just, you know, there's so much beauty in that and there's so much pain in it. And there's just like, it's, it's life, right. It's growing and it's healing. And it's, I don't know. There's just like all this stuff that, cause that's like my life. That's like my journey, my path. Like you, like, I'm so emotional. I shut mine off for like 30 years. I was an abusive relationship. So I just was like, I can't show emotions. Cause if I do, they play on that and they manipulate you. And so just like for so long, I was just like, don't be weak. Don't cry. Don't do. And then finally, when like I re- got out of that and released it all, like I literally, I think I cry like every day. But it's just like like that really. Yeah. And people like the people in my life who are like, quote unquote, non-emotional, they're just, they don't like, I'll be upset and they think I'm depressed. Like, what can we do? Like, I'm like, I'll literally be fine in five minutes. I just have to like run through this. Like, this isn't a, like a, I mean, there are, there are phases where it's hard for me to pull out of that, but for the most part, I just, I process through it. You know, I've just like learned the tools and coming into this and spirituality is definitely definitely been a life changer for me, like really being able to tap into that. But I want to talk about your mediumship. How did that, like, have you always felt in tune with that? And like, how did that come about? Oh my gosh. So it's funny because obviously for like years, I, for, I like didn't understand this feeling, but my, my medium explained it to me. So I remember when I was four, I had a really distinct feeling. I was at my mom's parents' lake house and like, who's it like Lake Tarawera. 
in Wellington or like by Wellington or something, or I don't even know. I just know it's New Zealand. And I was in their trailer where like us kids slept and I was laying down and I had this crazy feeling that like all of my limbs, like felt like they turned like 300 pounds. (laughs) And it was weird because I know the initial feeling was like warmth and safety, but I think just because I was young, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, what is going on? Like, And I just, cause I look at myself, like I'm literally a tiny person. Like, how am I feeling so like so much weight? And so apparently my medium was like, well, that, well, that was your first, you know, brush with, you know, spirit. And like, that was your family around you. Um, but then I definitely remember when I was a little girl, my mom, and my dad, when they were together, we lived in this like really massive house in Newport coast. And it was beautiful. It was just like ridiculous. And I just, I remember like just seeing little things. Like I remember, actually, I guess not little, but I remember like when I was little, of course I would walk to my parents' bed to go to sleep. And I remember seeing like a figure and I just immediately went to my room. And, you know, I remember feeling, you know, there was always something in my room, but I just didn't know what. And I remember waking up and seeing like green writing on the ceiling. Like I just saw some like really bizarre kind of random stuff. And so then like where it really kind of super speed you know, jet fueled me into it was my mom's mom died in, oh God, I want to say October, October, like the second week of October in 2018. And so it was so crazy because the week after she died, all this weird shit started happening in my apartment. Um, I was with my roommate at the time, Levi. I remember it was a Monday and it was midnight and I was like, okay, when's Levi getting home? Like, you know, he was at his boyfriend's house and then I hear the door open and the footsteps come up and I'm like, oh my God, Levi's home. Okay, great. I can go to bed. And I wake up and he's not there. And I was like, text Levi. I'm like, okay, where are you? He's like, oh, I, I never got home. And I'm like, that's so weird. Cause I straight up heard like this bathroom lights turning on and like, you know, feet up the stairs and everything. I was like, that was my grandma. It was just the weirdest I just knew it, but I was like, there's no way. Like, come on. But I was just, I just knew it. And then the chills, whole, like everywhere is so crazy. <laughs> and so then all week, this was also weird too. I felt like when I go to bed, there was like, I felt like a sandbag was on my left eye. And it was just kind of like darker on this side. I was just kind of like, I don't know what this is. I have no idea. You know, it was just like weird. I'm like, I wonder, I was like, oh, like what's wrong with me? Like what's wrong with my eye? And it was kind of happening for the rest of the week. And then super crazy. So it was November 1st, which is wild. Cause obviously the 31st is like the veil super thin. I go to the gym and then I come back and I take a shower and obviously, you know, you take a shower, there's like, you know, steam on the mirror and there was writing on the mirror that said, this was with my soul. And it was in really thin, beautiful, delicate writing. And I was started sobbing. I was like, that is my grandma. Then I was like, no, I texted Levi. I was like, did you write this? He's like, why the fuck did I write that? <laughs> I'm like, you're right. Cause like, that is a really profound statement. And also you would be able to tell if it was with the finger, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a little fatter, but had a little heart next to it. And I was like, that was my grandma. And it was just so intense. And I showed up to my internship, just like a wreck, obviously no one knew, but I was just doing all this research. I'm like, okay, how to, you know, like confront a spirit, blah, blah, blah. 
And so when I knew I definitely had like the gift, I, you know, I did the research and I was like, okay, so write a letter and a statement to say like how much you love them and you hear them and you see them, but to please visit you at a different time or in a different way. Cause it spooks you. And I was like, mom, can you come with me? So I had my mom come with me. I remember it was a Thursday night and we were sitting on the edge of my bed and I read it out loud and I felt and heard all these sensations. My ears are ringing really loud. Like my eyes, it almost was like a heat wave kind of like look and like top of my head felt like a magnet. Like I, and it, I was freezing and I was like, mom, did you feel anything? She's like, no. And I'm like, Oh my God, like what's going on? And so then in December, I finally got to see the medium that I have been working with now. And she was like, okay, you have gift, you have it all. Like I need to teach you. And I was like, okay. And so that's when I really got into it with like her kind of teaching me a little bit about it and like how to open and close and meditate with them and work with them. But then also, I mean, I had so much healing to do, like an unbelievable amount. Um, like I know one of the things is I'm, I can't eat gluten, dairy and canola oil, which is already a good thing because in the United States, those are like pretty much toxic, um, Mm -hmm. which is so, so sad. Uh, so I have to eat really, really clean. I really cannot drink a lot. Um, I, uh, what else? I mean, like with like people, like I, it's like, I like the more, like each and every day, I remember like my dad's yoga teacher said this to me. It was so profound. She's like, BB, the more you go down the spiritual path, it's like you're cleaning and wringing out like a dirty dish towel, like the less stains, the less grime. And like, you know, like the more and more you won't be able to tolerate, you know, crappy people, crappy food, like crappy environments. And it kind of scared me because I was like, wow, am I not going to be able to do this and that and this? But Honestly, it's been so freeing because yeah, it's just one of those things. Like I just, it's, I couldn't imagine life without it and it fuels my work. It fuels just everything I do. And it's a huge part of me. And I think it makes me like a little sad because there's people who like are literally living double lives. Like they will not tell their family members or their husbands or their wives. And it's like, why? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm doing freaking mediumship. It's so cool. Like, I don't know why people need to hide it. And I think it's just like a huge, just almost like a part of my brand. Like it fuels, you know, the beauty and dog-eared and like how I manifest and how I goal set and how I write and just like everything I do. So yeah, again, another long-winded statement. (laughs) No, I love it. I think, you know, especially the like cleansing your body and like alcohol, alcohol for me is a big shadow because I think I just always that was like the way I fit in and the way I wasn't like the weird one or the way I wasn't so shy. And so even if still I battled it, I gave up drinking for a while and I kind of added it back in and now I'm back off the alcohol. But I I've noticed like, as I deepen my spiritual journey, I just, I just don't feel good. It doesn't make me feel good anymore. Like I just feel gross and I wake up the next day and I'm like, Oh, like, I just feel so like, yeah, you know, like I want the depth and it just like blocks me and there's a lot of shadows there, but, and you know, food and everything too. That's I, I saw my first like spirit. It was my 25th birthday. So gosh, I don't even know when that was like 2012, maybe. I love hearing these stories. (laughs) And I had always, like I said, I always like 
been, so I was raised Catholic, but I had always, I was raised in the middle East too. So I had exposure to Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, like Christianity, Protestant, you know, like everything. Uh, And I always was just like, so drawn to like the more spiritual, like I went to Nepal, we went to Thailand. So I was just kind of like, always like drawn to that kind of, it just excited me. Like I just felt deeply into it. So anyway, but I was with my ex-husband. We, he was in the Navy. So we lived on a military base and it was my 25th birthday. And I woke up in the morning and I just like, I don't know, I had a feeling and I like peeked my eye open and there was this figure like completely head to toe in camo uniform. And he was just standing on my, my um, ex's side of the bed, just like looking at me. And I was like, oh no. So I pulled the covers over my head and I was sweating so bad. I was trying to look at the time on my phone, but it was like, there was so much moisture because I was so like nervous and I was like, oh my God. So I opened my eyes. Like I looked again and he just like was still standing there and just started lifting his hands, like looking at me. Like, I don't know if he was, I don't know what it was. I don't know what he wanted, but like I covered my eyes again. I was like, no, no, no. And my ex woke up for work. Um, and like, I would follow them into the bathroom. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I said, one of my really good friends was really spiritual. And I called her, I was just like freaking out. And she was like, Rochelle, if you don't want to see it, tell it, just go to your room, just talk, you know, whatever. And I, so that day I like, I shut it down. I was like, I don't want to see anything. Like, I, I understand that you may want help or whatever you want to reach out. I'm just not in a space. Like, I don't want to, I can't, I can't do this. And I never saw anything again, but things would like drawers would be open or we'd hear like the kids toys going off in the middle of the night or like orbs on the baby monitors, like things like that. And then Yeah. So now I just, I feel like, and my grandmother passed in 2014, I think it was, and it was also October. And I went to her funeral and we were staying in a house with my whole family. And so, and my family and like friends and stuff like that, everybody left and it was me and my mom and she was on some sort of medication because she was just really distraught and really upset. And so I was sitting there and I could just feel her, but I, you know, and I've never seen anything again. Like I said, I just, now it's more like, feeling, but the, the light switch, the light kept going on and off like over and over. And, and it was just like, anytime, like my mom would come in the room or like something would stop or like my dad got home and it would stop. But like, when it was just like, when they left, like the light just, and I'm like, I know you're trying to tell me something. You know? ah, but, that's so, so yeah. So that's kind of like my, and I don't, I don't really see anything that often. I feel like I more see things in my mind. I've had experiences with like, uh, like, what do you call it? traveling out of astral or, um, not lucid dreaming, but yeah, kind of, but more in like the darker realms of it where it's, I think it's similar to that, what they call it sleep paralysis. But I was explained that that was like the first phase of out of body experiences. Cause you have to go through like the levels to get to that actual out of body experience. And so every time I've like, I've woken up like a handful of times in that, and it just feels like somebody's like sitting on me or holding me and I hear voices and, and I'm like trying to like yell for my kids. And it's just that, that stuff is kind of a little unnerving, but, but yeah, it's just, a, it's a really cool, interesting journey. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, lo- I love hearing about, it. I love talking about it. I just think it's so cool. I did um, a psychic thing this summer. Um, I just did it for like a f- uh, maybe one or two months and I did like a live call and they were just, I had no idea. Like I'd never done it before. I had no idea if you even had like psychic abilities, like at all. And I think we all do. It's a matter of how tapped in you are and, and awake to it, I guess. But they like paired us off and like, okay, well, you're going to do readings on each other. And I was like, I've never 
done this before. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. And so the, the, the woman who was leading the group came in and she was like, just close your eyes and visualize like a flower, any flower, whatever. And the person's going to ask you a question. So they asked me a question and she was just like, just describe what you're seeing. Just describe like textures, colors, anything that you're feeling, emotions, whatever. And so I like I described the flower and the person who had asked the question that had, I guess it had like answered his question like exactly, but in just describing a flower. It was, I don't know, it was really cool. It was really interesting. So that really piqued my interest. I love that technique. Yeah. So I want to like, I would love to like continue and further and do that. That's like on my list of things to do. But I think just like deepening the spiritual practice and meditation and just being intentional about like tapping into that, I think in itself is powerful, but yeah, having a guide, somebody who's done it and knows and can kind of, cause I think there is an element, at least for me personally, I think there's an element of fear of the unknown, right? It's like, am I going to see somebody? Am I going to see the darker stuff? Am I going to like, you know, so yeah, but it's a cool journey. Yeah. I think, I know it's funny. Cause I think the biggest thing for me is, I don't know. I think I always felt like I was going to be okay. I mean, I already did, I guess like maybe in real life, like I already saw and like gone through some dark stuff. And I guess, I mean, the stuff I saw maybe in my house, like was dark. I think just because my mom was still, you know, an addict and she, you know, had an eating disorder. So there was just like darkness in there already. But yeah, I think that is like, it's just the coolest thing too, because I know one of the things I um, learned in oneness, which was like, probably like, probably the biggest, the one of the most important things I learned was like, you think that being spiritually connected, you're going to know all the answers. And in fact, like you're not, it's just about getting closer to yourself. And it was huge because I remember like there was guys I was dating and I was like, Oh my God, is he my guy? Blah, blah. And then like, you know, I would get like a, you know, we would have a devastating breakup and I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) But it was just like, no, I don't know all the answers. And I think something my mentor said that was so helpful is like, BB, everyone's like cheering, but like with their eyes closed, it's like, they're excited for you, but they can't like, they can't predict, you know, they can't give you the answer because then you're not living life. Mm. Um, I I love that. I think we all have we all have free will. Right. And I think there are different timelines. Cause I've been, yeah. Like since my spiritual journey where there have been like boys or like whatever, like situations where I'm like, Oh my gosh. And like, I'll have a flash of a vision. Right. And I'm like, Oh, cause like I, for me, that's what I always just I, in my mind, like that I, what is it? Uh, clairvoyant or, or I don't know. I just see things in my mind. I don't know which one that one is. I can't, clairvoyant. Can't okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like I'll have like a flash of like, Oh my gosh, like maybe that's going to happen. And then it doesn't work out. And I'm like, I, but I do believe like there are certain timelines and there are choices we all make along the way. So it's like, maybe that uh, if I had stayed on that specific path, right. And not like shifted or changed or like whatever. So I think that's important to like, keep in mind too. Cause I, some like in the beginning too, I was just like, well, how do I know if it's something coming through or how do I know if it's my ego? Right. And I think it's just like that. It's that initial thing that you, that comes through, is it, but then our mind always takes off. Right. And it's like, oh, well this, that, and it can't be, or asking questions and then it can get lost. So it's just, I think, trusting and letting go of all that mm-hmm. oh my is at least my lesson. <laughs> like, just let it go. Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. So of course I can't have you on here and not talk about books because I have like, I, I'm such a reader. And I think for me too, like, you know, for different reasons, but like, I've always, I was the kind of the oddball in my family, I guess. Like I was the one that didn't quite fit in. Like everybody's like, just like, it's, you know, 
books for me always just took me into that reality. And so I've always been a reader. Like I, gosh, I taught my brother how to read. Like I was just like always, since I can remember, I would just like blow through books in the summer and blow through books in school. And so anyway, um, but like, what are your like spiritually or personal development? What have been like the best books that you've read? Oh my gosh. You know what? I just have to get up and get them. Cause I just, <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't handle this. Um, okay. So I know one is right in front of me, which is great. Okay. Um, getting oneness, of course, and they're dog-eared to death. So that would be great too. Um, okay. This one. Oh my goodness. What else? I know I have one more in here. Um, I'd probably say, um, okay. I think, I think, I think, I think I might have, dang, there's one I'm trying to find and I can't find it and I'm mad, but I know it's here. Oh, there it is. Ooh, it's just, okay. Um, all right. Woo. Here we go. I am so excited. Okay. So probably like the most, most, most pivotal one. I just have to say for anybody who's just, who's listening to this and not watching, I just, I, first of all, I love your energy so much. And you just like, she just came over with a whole pile of books. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. I couldn't, I literally <laughs> couldn't help myself. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, this is oneness. I've only read it twice. I should probably read it more. But this is what it looks like. Um, and I'm 100% going to buy this like, okay. tonight like, after we get off. Yeah. So many dog wow. It is so amazing to death. And um, oh my God. Yeah. And then, like, look at, look at my, my pages. It's just like, <laughs> I love so it. unreal. I like, want to try to find like an amazing page for you. But oh my God. Literally, we were just talking about choices. Okay. As the nuances of your life's variations continue to play out, according to your choices, you begin to be able to direct what will be experienced and when. When the hoped for result is not forthcoming easily, you have learned to sidestep the circumstances and go within, calming the turbulent inner seas that may be manifesting as discord in your outer world. You have learned to dematerialize one set of circumstances and substitute another variation of the same theme simply by modifying your own inner state of beingness. You have become adept to j- at jumping between realities, marveling at the sudden improvement of the situation or groaning at your bubble burst yet again. You have become a master of the art of ascension and most of you have not even been aware of it. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like this whole book is that it is so freaking beautiful. So I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I just have a, yeah. Knowing when to relinquish one's grasp on a situation and allow the energies to carry the potential inherent in the circumstances to function. No, to fruition is a key to harnessing the power with which you have now been gifted that they've answered the topics we've been talking yeah. about <laughs> like this book is truly like when you pick it up you are you are immediately connected and every single chapter you open you're like I needed this right mm-hmm. now it is 
it is the most amazing thing. And it deepened my practice a hundred percent. Okay. What else? This is awesome. So I guess like to some, it could be untraditional, but think and grow rich for women. I love the for women adaptation because I mean, people still read think and grow rich. Like there's no hate on that. It's just that with this one, it's literally adapted to women because in the original one, he interviews successful men. Um, And men have more of kind of like, I want to win and material, which is, you know, no problem. Like there's amazing, beautiful, successful men that have read this book, you know, like I E my dad, like who loves sink and grow rich. And like, he got this book for me, but I love this book because literally the first chapter, the second chapter is about faith and taking a leap with faith and not of faith. And really like harnessing, like just your true self and how success is not about money. It's about impact and purpose. And, you know, and I love it because there's also a chapter on like really embracing like your female sexuality. And like, she's like, it's sexy to dress up, it's sexy to like make money. It's sexy to look someone in the eye and, you know, things like that, because I think it's so easy for us women to be like, oh, I'm spiritual and I'm pure and I have to whatever. And it's like, no, like, let's be us. Like we have to embrace like the beauty that we are in. So I don't know, this book is like a huge boss babe Bible for me. And like an amazing, like also like if you're spiritual too, it's just great. Cause she talks about like higher power and God and like really how success is so about tapping into that, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I think you said you ordered this book. This book is my favorite book of all time ever. Mm -hmm. I read it during COVID. It was recommended by a friend. It is legit like dog, like it is so messed up. I love it. And this book is about this woman named Jay Griffiths. And she takes a seven year journey to the elements of the earth that she feels like connect with water, earth, ice, air, and fire. And pretty much she goes on these insane expeditions and really unlocks like how the elements of the earth connect to the elements of the human mind. And it's just like, it's just stupid. I'll read the first line. Cause like this first line is just like, I can't. Okay. You're going to die. I felt its urgent demand in the blood. I could hear its call. It's whistling to serve me by day and it's how woke me in the night. I heard the drum of the sun. Every path was a calling cadence, the flight of every bird, a beckoning, the color of ice, an invitation come. Like, are we kidding me? Like that, it is the most beautiful book Mm. I've ever read. And I think a huge part about that book was like, just so like, us humans are so disconnected, you know? And I think one of, one of the funniest lines she wrote was like, I hate golf courses because they're like, they're neutered land. It's just like, you have neutered this beautiful Valley or like this forest, like what have you done? And I think just such a spiritual, like a, like really harnessing and, um, revealing like this beautiful spiritual relationships that us humans actually like innately have with our planet and with humanity, with ourselves. And um, yeah, it was just the most insane book ever. And then this is just like a classic, The Road Less Traveled, which I read years ago. And it's beautiful because it's, it's really traditional. I mean, some of the things you're like, it may feel outdated for some, but I love it because this wisdom is timeless 
And I love it because one of my favorite chapters was about serendipity and how like, you know, like God or higher power like actually exists, like when there's little instances in your life. And I think that was kind of my, I've always, like you, like you said earlier, is I've always felt like there was something so much more out there. And like, I've always been attracted to like spirituality, but I just like didn't really understand it. And I think this, like reading this, I was like, yeah, like you're right. That's so true. Like those fun little coincidences. Um, And I love it. This book is just absolutely gorgeous. And it's amazing for everyone at every stage in life. And then this is a great one. It's called The Self-Acceptance Project. And it's written, it's like each chapter is by like a different professor and a different therapist, different psychologist, whatever. And it's like really, really beautiful. And it's really about like coming home to yourself and really, really loving yourself. Um, I mean, I haven't read it in years, but I just remember reading it in college and it was such a special book for me because again, I was, I think I got it when I was super depressed senior year when I was diagnosed and I was just like, I was just not in a good headspace. And this really was like this beautiful weighted blanket. Ooh, you know what? Maybe I'll read this part. By inhabiting the body, we can remain connected with our, with ourselves to the desires, needs, and responses that occur within our body while feeling open to and even experiencing oneness with other people. Even if they are critical of us or reject us, we do not reject ourselves. We are still there within our body. We can remain loyal to ourselves even during painful and abrasive encounters with others. I am like blown away by how each and every single mm. passage I have read to you, it has been more than connected with her. Yeah, of course. I put, I, I did a little like three minute meditation before this. And I just asked that like anything that needed to come through, just like show up, come through. So we're doing it. We're channeling it. We're doing <laughs> it. I love it. Oh my Have you read the book? Um, what are you doing with your life? No. Okay. I'm going to hold on. Let me grab this real quick. I love that name. <laughs> okay. This is what I'm reading right now. What are you doing with your life? Krish- nice. Krishna Mar- Kr- Krishna Morty. Um, but yeah, this is just like, I don't know. It's like spirituality. It's like trusting yourself and just, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't have as, as many like dog ears as you do, but. Good. It's not funny. <laughs> like, it's just like joke around the bookstagram where you're like, oh my God, this book is amazing. And then someone's like, what's the book about? And you're like, <laughs> No, it's so funny. Cause that's what I was thinking. Like, I think like, you're so beautiful with like the words and like the descriptions of these books. And like I said, when, when I was on the call, um, with your, the seminar, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I read these books and they're so deeply moving, but then, yeah, if you ask me what it's about, I'm like, oh, well, I, like, it just like, it, yeah, right. it <laughs> you know, like it creates such massive mindset shifts for me. Right. Like it helps me see things in a different way. Like, yeah. can we talk about Esther Peral's mating in captivity? I literally blew through that in like three days. Did you read it? I have not read it. Okay. <laughs> my mom and my little sister are absolutely obsessed with her. And I swear, like, some of the things she said has, I have actually like changed my life. Like, she's yeah, a- I think just like her words and the way she describes things. And I've been married twice. And so just like that long-term relationship, like I do find that I get bored easily in relationships, you know, and especially like, I think there's such a standard, like <clears throat> with like my ex, I don't know. It's like, obviously the book is about like relationships and sexuality and keeping it exciting or like an infidelity. And it kind of brings all these things in, but it was just like, it was such an easy read. And like I said, the way that she worded things was so beautiful, but 
I think sometimes in relationships, like there were things that I wanted to do that my ex would be like, well, I can't do that with you. You're my wife. And I'm like, isn't that what you're supposed, you know, like, I think there's such a disconnect, right. Between intimacy and sex. And it's like, for me, I want the passion. I want all that within one, right. Granted, I think there are different, you know, you can't get everything from one person, but it's, I feel like my life partner, I want to keep that exciting. I want to have to go on dates and wanting to constantly like nurture each other and make it, you know, and, but I also understand on a very human level, my ex was in the Navy. So he was gone for extended periods of time. Like he would work overnight. And I, I am, I'm a Taurus son. I'm loyal to like a fault, but I understand because there were, of course we're all human, there are temptations. So I don't know. It's just, so it, it wasn't even like a spiritual book, but I just think the realness, the rawness about it and the way she described it was just Mm. really had me thinking in such a interesting way that I was just like, I literally blew through it and I'm started a state of affairs, which is about infidelity. But even just like, I think I've only done like two chapters, but even just that it's just completely, it just helps you understand. And I think like being on this spiritual journey and awakening to a lot of that, you know, we are all projections, right? Like we're mirrors for each other. So it's like, I understand you know, if you're cheating on me or if whatever it is, like, that's more of an issue for you, right? Like that's your issue. And it's not a reflection of me. doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt Yeah. But your inability to be faithful, your inability to communicate with me, your inability to be intimate with me is a reflection of you. And yeah. although of course it will hurt me and I will take it personally, but I think just that higher knowledge that I can come back to, I don't know if that was a side note, but it was just oh, like her book. Like I literally it. like consumed that like overnight immediately, but there was something in here. I wanted to this one. So it's just got like all it's all these like little short chapters, but this one is about introspection or awareness. And I thought it was really interesting, you know, cause like, I think we talk about like being woke and being aware, you know, on the spiritual journey. And so this just like hit home for me, but he says introspection is self-improvement and therefore introspection is self-centeredness. Awareness is not self-improvement on the contrary. It is the ending of the self of the eye with all its pe- uh, peculiar idiosyncrasies, memories, demands, and pursuits. In introspection, there is identification and condemnation. In awareness, there is no condemnation or identification. Therefore, there is no self-improvement. There is a vast difference between the two. The man who wants to improve himself can never be aware because improvement implies condemnation and the achievement of a result. Whereas in awareness, there is observation without condemnation. I think that was just like, so, because I think it's so hard to like, as we're going through this journey, it's like, we always want, we do want to change, right? Like we want to grow and all that stuff. And I think it's just coming to the place of observation, not judgmental observation is actually really hard place to be. It's so hard. Yeah. I know one of my, one of my good girlfriends, like she, something she always reps is like just equanimity, just like, you know what, like, this situation or this person like really hurt my feelings, but I cannot attach to it. And it is not about me. And yeah, I mean, that's something I literally still have, you know, to work on is like not take things so personally because I am so mushy gushy and so, so sensitive. So, and I think that's okay. Right. Like I reading that, I don't know. We are where we're supposed to be, right. I think that level comes after a certain time. Um, even in like manifestation, you know, like Lacey Phillips and then you have Abraham Hicks. And I think like Abraham Hicks, I know 
I don't know, people are kind of like back and forth with it or, or they have, they have their opinions, but I think like you have to go through all the other stuff to be able to get to that high level of being able to actually use a law of attraction, right? Like I can't just sit here and be like, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. When like, I have all of this subconscious shit to deal with, right? Like you have to go through the layers of it. And so like, even with that, like awareness, that's, that's a place that you come to. And like, even in meditation, like, God, I've been meditating for like four years. And like, even now it's like, I'll have seconds of that clarity. Right. But it's like, I'll have 20 minutes of my mind thinking about tomorrow and all the things that I'm doing and like what's going on in my life and boys and, you know, all these kind of things. And then, and then I'll like take a deep breath and tap into something and maybe like 30 seconds, you know? So like, even now, like, I feel like I do these meditations just for like a moment of clarity, but it's like in those moments, it's just like everything, it's just, everything becomes clear. Right. It's just like, it washes everything away and you're just like, okay, like this is what it was for. Oh my God. Yes. Love it. Do you have time to do the human design thing? Like, I don't know if yes. you're, I, I want to like respect your time and everything. I'm like so but... excited to do it. Okay, cool. Um, I am so eager because I've heard so much about it. I've heard it on like, oh my God, oh my God. Geez, that chart looks crazy. <laughs> okay. So this is your human. What do you, what do you know about human design? Um, okay. I just know that there's like, what is it? There's like, there's like, four or five different types of people. There's like manifest mm-hmm. generator that there's something. And I, I like legit, like barely know anything. I just okay. know it sounds super, super cool. Okay. So human design is basically like, I feel like it's, it's like a blueprint of who you are, right? It's, it is you before conditioning, before family, school, teachers, all that kind of stuff. Like this is who you are, like at a soul level. And so when you look at your human design chart, yeah, you have um, the most important things to look at, cause it can get so, so, so deep. Like, obviously there's so much to it. Um, but I think the most important things is going to be your type, your strategy, your authority. I love the profile, which is going to be this little number right here that I'll get into. Okay. That's like your personality. And that comes from your sun earth, right? Your conscious and your unconscious, like sun earth. So that's like okay. 70% of your personality. And then I also like to look at your cognition. Cause that's kind of like your superpower. Mm. So you are a five, one pure generator. And also when you look at this, um, anything that's in color is areas that you create your own energy. You bring energy to those centers and anything that's in white are areas that you take in and amplify energy. So for you, you're, of course, I, this is the emotional mastery podcast. I love to talk about emotions. I, you know, I have a gut health certification just because I'm fascinated with the connection between the gut and the emotions, right? Because I'm just like, emotions have been the, my, my whole life. So you're actually undefined emotionally, which I, I don't like the term. Like they always like in the books and everything, they're like, Oh, the undefined, like you're non-emotional, which is bullshit. We're all emotional. And the thing with you is like, you're taking in and amplifying the emotions of others. Mm. So theoretically, if you wake up and you're in a perfect reality, you're in a house where you're not conditioned by anybody's energy whatsoever. There's no animals. There's no people in any other rooms. Like you are literally in your own space completely. You would in theory, wake up in a neutral mood every morning. Mm which is hard to do like in our, you know, what we might live in an apartment or you have a roommate or you have an animal or like whatever it is, like we're always conditioned. And of course, like you have the transits, right? The astrological transits. So that energy is always affecting you as well. But theoretically, if you were to wake up, um, you would be in a neutral mood every morning. Right. So, but you have 
these two gates are active. So when you are in the energy of somebody who's emotionally defined and 50% of us are emotionally defined, 50 are not. So we're like all emotional, right? Cause it's like the world is basically emotional. So there's no way you're not going to be impacted by it. Yeah. So you have this gate 37 and gate 55. This one is the gate of the spirit. And let me see where it is. Oh, it's in your conscious sign. So this is like most of your personality is this emotional energy. And it's, it's the gate of the spirit. And it's really just like, like the opposite side of this. I like to say like this gate right here. So when you have just half, this energy is always going to affect you. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not yours, but just like everything, like you, you're seeking it to complete that aspect of you. Right. So like, this is the gate of provocation. And so it's going to always poke that gate 55 because the gate 55 is the gate of the spirit, right? It's there. It's to show you how to like grow and change and like to, uh, to better your spirit. And so you have this in your conscious son. So this is like most of your personality. This is your, your sun energy and Pisces and Pisces is like super spiritual. You know, obviously we all have the duality within us, but so that's a huge energy. So even though you're non-defined emotionally, your 70% of your personality is emotional. So damn. Yeah. Not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) And then up here you have a defined head. So this is like, this is your Ajna and your crown center, basically, It's not, I think it's like 30% of people have that defined. My son has it defined. And it's a really interesting energy because my son, like this is your, so this is your heart center. And so, um, you have your, you have this defined. So you don't necessarily ask the question of like, who am I? It's kind of like, can I be accepted as I am? Mm-hmm. And so like, for me, I don't have that defined. So I'm always like growing up. I was like, who am I? Right. Cause I would take and taste these energies of all these other people trying to find myself in that. Whereas like, if I could just like understand that I'm, I'm there to sample it and taste it and release it and come back to myself. Right. So, but yeah, my son has a defined head, which just means like you, your mind is always going, you're always going to have your thoughts, like meditation might be really hard for you. Cause it's hard for you to shut your mind off because you're cr- constantly creating that energy and inspiration in there. Like it's always going, you have an undefined throat center, which is just like people who my daughter has an undefined throat and it can be, you can use it in attention seeking ways. Like that's the shadow side of it. So where you talk and talk and talk because you feel like you're not being seen or you feel like you're not being heard yeah. as yeah. you overcompensate by like, one example in one of the textbooks is like, if you go into a party, the person that's talking has an undefined throat, right? Cause they're just like, they're going and going and going. My daughter's the same way. Sometimes she'll talk and then she'll like, ask me like four questions and I'll be like, do like, she, I don't even think she understands. She doesn't even like realize that she's talking sometimes. Like she's just like goes and goes and goes. And I'm like, do you know what you just asked me? And she's like, huh? What? <laughs> like, okay. Oh my just, God, like, <laughs> are you? Yeah. And then this is your sacral, which is what makes you a pure generator. So I know I kind of completely skipped over the type, but uh, generators are energy. Like what makes you generator is the sacral being defined. You create its workforce energy, its life force energy, its sexuality, fertility, all that kind of stuff. And so you create that within yourself. So you, you have a consistent, you have consistent access to that. So, which doesn't mean that you can't burn out. It's like, you need to be doing things that light you up to keep you like energized, right? If you're doing things that don't make you happy, that don't let you up, you're just, you're going to like crash and burn because you're just, you're putting all this energy to things that like, don't feel good to you. So that's really important and getting enough rest. So it's like, just because it's like a battery, right? Like you can go and go, 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 
but give it a rest sometimes, right? Like make sure that you are like resting when you get tired. And, um, but generators, they're very like, you do have a lot of energy, but you're kind of methodical with it. Like you, you'll go through the step-by-step process and you'll hit frustrations at like each point of the process. And you'll like have to like push through that frustration. And then once you do that kind of, then the magic kind of happens on the other side. And you'll, mm-hmm. so you'll have, you'll follow these like more methodical steps, I guess. So that, yeah. So that's the generator. And the, so basically like you can tap into the sacral response when that's your strategy, right? Or just, sorry, your strategy is to wait, to respond. Your authority is the sacral. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you know when something is right for you? You like we always say, like, go with your gut, go with your gut, but like truly you like pure generators are the only people who can actually go with their gut, right? Like you have an, in the moment knowing, and it's really cool because you can tap into that, right? Like if I'm say, we're like in person, I'm like, Hey, you want to go for dinner? You might go, mm-hmm. or, or like your yes or no, like in the moment is going to be like, you can trust that. And then, but like, if I was like, Hey, where do you want to go for dinner tonight? And just left it like that, that might frustrate you because that's like open-ended and you're kind of like, what if I was like, Hey, you want to go for pizza? You want to get sushi? You would know. Right. So it's like having people ask you yes or no questions can be really helpful. Like people that you trust, um, just in in a lot of things, like it's just, it it allows you to like tap into that. And so that's something that's an exercise you can do as well. And just tapping into your sacral and getting to know it. It's just like asking yes or no questions. I'll like sometimes do that with myself because I'm a manifesting generator. So I have that sacral as well. And so sometimes, yeah, even just asking myself, like, do I want to do this? And whatever like comes up first, right. Is, is I have to go, I'm emotional. So I have to go through my wave to actually get the answer, but I can still tap into that, like in the moment knowing and use that as a piece of information to pull through my wave. Totally. Um, and then your profile is this five one. So this is this, um, this heretical investigator, heretic investigator. So it's, it's so interesting. I get like, I, the, of all the charts I've been pulling recently, they're either Capricorn moon or they're five ones. So you guys are like here to teach me something. I don't know what it is, but it's really interesting. So the, the fifth line is the heretic fifth line. It's very much like, it's kind of, um, it's the, you get projected on and you project outwards onto people. It's like the people come to you. They see you as like, almost like a savior. You kind of have like a savior complex, right? Like people will come to you with their problems because your view is very universal, right? Like you want to help like everybody, like everything that you do is like, it's, you know, like you have the first line, which is actually probably the most selfish of the lines because the first line has to create that solid foundation, right? Like you want to investigate, you want to have the solid foundation, something you can grasp to, and then like go through, but you have that like in the background, but your, your consciousness, your, what you're conscious of is this fifth line, this fifth line heretic energy. So just, I think being aware, um, you know, it's very like leadership role, um, but being aware of like releasing that energy, like people will project on you. And so knowing, using discernment within that, right? Like who you do want to help is what, where you are putting energy towards and being able to like kind of protect that because it'll, people will come to you a lot. Um, and then I would say cognition, which is kind of like your superpower in yours is inner vision. So it's like, if you're having a hard time making a decision about something for you, like being able to like see yourself in it, right. Would like help you being able to like, it's very, it's very in your mind. It's very imagery, visual, obviously within yourself. So like, if you're trying to decide where you want to go out for dinner, 
I feel like for you, if you can picture it in your mind, if you can like see there or see yourself sitting there eating, like if it feels warm and you can like see it, that's probably like a yes for you. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people who are in a vision are just very, very in their mind. Yeah. A lot. Yes. But, and then, yeah, with that sacral too, it's just like, if it's not a yes, it's a no, yes. but it's not always a no forever. Right. It's a no right now. Like in this moment, like, no, like mm-hmm. if you don't have an immediate, yes, it's, it's likely no. And then let me see what else interesting in here. I mean, obviously it's all interesting, <laughs> but okay. so this one this is the only center that you have completely open and by completely open, there are no gate activations. So you are 100% taking and amplifying all the energy. And this one has a lot of shadows around it. So that's your heart center. It's your ego center. It's the center of like money, material resources, but you have this open. So people who have this open tend to maybe not ask for what they're worth. You might have self-worth comes up a lot. Um, I have this one completely, no, I have this one undefined, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a heavy shadow center of, of your worth. So it's like, you have, they're both like the heart center. If you look at like the chakras, like the traditional seven chakras, there's the split off of the heart center. So it's like, you, you may not ask like, who am I, but then you'll, you will struggle with like self-worth along the way. So just like knowing, knowing that and knowing that, like, when you feel that it's not always your energy. This one, it's important, like not to promise things, not to make commitments because oftentimes like this one is kind of like a a motor, right? Like it kind of like runs in waves. And so like, if you commit to something in the moment and then maybe you're in the presence of somebody who has this defined and you're taking in and amplifying that. So you feel like super motivated and super on it. And like, you're just like, Ooh, I got this. Like I can do it. And then that person leaves. You're just kind of like, you know, it was like, what was I so excited about? Or like, what was the, wh- where did that energy go that like I had to move towards this? Mm-hmm. I have a friend that has this defined. And whenever we collaborate, like in the moment, I'm just like, I am on it. Like, I'm just like popping stuff out and I'm like so creative and I'm so like, she'll mention something I'm like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah, let's do that. And then like four days later, she'll like text me and she'll be like, oh, okay, so where are you on this thing? And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> totally like don't have that in me anymore. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like when she and I, and we, and she's, uh, within the human design, like she's has, she's all about human design and astrology. So we have to be like really intentional when we work together. So it's like, when we have a project, it's like, we need to make sure we create the space within that time frame to get it done because she knows that when we're not within the energy, like I will lose the motivation for it because she's not giving it to me. Uh, so, so wild. Yeah. It's so interesting. And then this one is your pressure center. It's your root center. So you you'll feel the pressure to get things done. Like now, like that pressure to like, it can be really, it can almost be like crippling sometimes. Right. It's like, um, like in a workplace environment, you're probably the one. Cause I have this, I have this undefined as well. And when I was like in corporate, like everybody would come to me with the tasks because I didn't want them on me. Right. Like I felt that pressure to do it. So I just like, Ooh, I just, I don't like this feeling. Like I want to get it over with. And they were probably like defined. So they like, they're, they're on their own time. Right. Like they don't care about your time. They like, they feel no pressure to get things done because they're creating that energy. Whereas like, we're kind of like, Oh, like, I don't like this. So I'm like, so aware of this when I feel like I have to do something right now. I always, like, I just step back and like, this is not mine. Like, I don't have to do this right now. Even with like bartending, it works well for me because I'm like, Oh, I got to get to this table. Oh, I got to get to that table. I got to do this. I got to, I got to get the drinks and I have to like do this, whatever. But like, I'm constantly reminding myself, I'm like, they'll be okay for a minute. Like you can take your time to like do this other thing. You don't have to like, 
you know, get in the weeds because like 10 tables need something like just calm down. Everybody will be fine. (laughs) So, my God. And then this is your spleen. This is like survival, health, fear, your immune center and everything. You have it undefined. So you're probably just more in tune with your body and what it needs as it relates to health. Like if you are getting a cold, you'll probably notice like the early symptoms and be able to be like, okay, maybe I need to take a rest. Maybe I need to get some tea. Maybe this, you know, you're just like more in tune with your body, which sometimes can make you appear to be more ill at times. Like my daughter, she has it undefined or I think she has it completely open. And she was like always a sick child. She always had ear infections. Mm. Um, she like gets like food can make her like upset easily. Whereas like my son and I have it defined. So we're more like, we don't notice we're sick until it's, it's too late to do anything about it. Oh no. But like we were talking about earlier, which is interesting. Cause my, my friend who's into human design, she's like, I've never met anybody so in tune with their body that has a defined spleen. And I really just think it's like, as you get on this journey and as like, and I've always been health conscious because my mom was a personal instructor. Like she's always like cooked healthy. So I think like on a logical level, it's always been there, but you know, but even like with food, like I do, I'm, you know, I'm plant-based. I feel like eat relatively healthy, but you know, I do splurge now. And, and again, you know, I will have the processed food, you know, with kids, sometimes it's easier just to like pop something in the oven and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, And so like, it does affect me, but I think, I just think it's been training and I think it's been getting more in tune with my body that I can now be like, okay, this makes me feel bad. This doesn't feel good. I'm feeling this way. It had to be something I ate yesterday. So, Mm -hmm. but for me, it took like intentionality and like effort to get there. Whereas you've probably always kind of been more in tune with that. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, and then just like this, so this here, uh, you probably heard it. Lacey Phillips talks about it. This is like manifestation. So oh. you're, you're a specific manifester. So for you, it's probably good to like write lists or not even like write lists, but like when you visualize things in your mind, even if like you said, it's like getting in touch with a feeling, just being very specific about how exactly that feels or like yes. what exactly you want. It's like some people can just kind of like throw something at the wall and like, you know what I mean? And like, it'll manifest for them when they have the other facing, but like, cause I have this one left too, but like so for us, we just have to be more like more specific. It has to be like detailed a bit yes. more. Yes. A hundred percent. And then let's see passive. Yeah. So your, this is your digestion. It's passive. That really just means like you can kind of eat intuitively. Like people who have that facing left, like they have to wake up in the morning, they have to have breakfast, then they have to have a snack, then they have to have lunch, then they have to have snack, then they have to have dinner. Mm. Like that to me just is exhausting. Like for, we can just kind of like eat when we intuitively feel like we're hungry. Like I sometimes don't even eat till two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Cause it's like, I don't want to go to the gym with like a full stomach. That doesn't make me feel good. Right. Like, so we're just a little bit more lenient with that. I think that's like the biggest things. So like, I always just say, obviously tight strategy authority. When you first learn this, like kind of just going like playing with that sacral response will help you. Yeah. And just like, so you're, you are here to like, wait to respond. And I think people get hung up on that as in like, I have to be, you know, people have to tell me that something's going to work or like bring a project to me, but it's really just like doing the things that you love. And then people will be like, Oh, well, that's amazing. Why don't you do a book or, Oh, that's amazing. Can you come talk about this? Or, and it's not even so much that it's, it's even so like, I don't know, like a bird chirps and you whistle, right? Like there's such minor things to respond to. It doesn't even have to be like somebody being like inviting you into something, right? Totally. It's okay. just like, 
like I use the example of like people, but it doesn't even have to be like that. Right. It can be like, you're like creating the podcast and then maybe, I don't know, maybe like you see an ad for something and then, you, you know, like, and that's like a sign to you to respond in some way for something 100%. else you were thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like it doesn't have to be like a person coming to you, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. And does that resonate? Yeah, no, that totally because <laughs> I love, I think, yeah, one of the biggest things for me is I love, um, I don't know, I love getting inspired. And I think I love like being around people that like really inspire me. And I think honestly, one of the reasons why I've been like loving dog eared, even like on the side of me doing like my nine to five, which is, yeah, like some could look at it and be like bonkers. Oh my God, like what the hell are you doing? But it's because honestly, like that literally fuels me. So I'm like, okay, like I have to be doing something that helps me like respond to like, you know, to be able to get inspired or like, you know, I think of a past experience where I was interning and I was literally, I was an intern copywriter and all the other copywriters I worked with were like 40 to 50 year old men who were married or had kids. And they were like, not only were they my BFFs, but they were the most creative, talented people Mm -hmm. I've ever met. And I walked into work like so inspired. So it's like, I love responding to inspiration. That was like well and I think like with that defined mind too like you you create that inspiration too right so like yeah I can see that like coming into it you might not be as influenced in that way as some other people does that make sense like I think that makes a lot of sense yeah like I have so I have my Ajna defined my my crown is undefined so like I get inspiration from others so sometimes although that's amazing and that's cool like like when I'm working like when I was working from home for the first part of COVID before I lost my job like it was driving me crazy because I had no inspiration around me. I had no people to like help me be creative. Right. Like I, I feel like I'm creative, but like, I, I know it's, it's that fine line of like coming back to myself. Right. And I think like, even with creativity, it's like, nothing's really unique, right. We're all like pulling off of each other. And it's like, something's always, there was a first for, for like everything at this point. Like, I don't know, like my ex was a chef and he would just like, look at recipes online, but then like adapt it to be his own. I'm like, well, aren't you just stealing their recipe? And he was like, well, I'm getting the base, right? He's like, I'm getting the base for it. And then I'm creating mine. Cause it's like every recipe you can think of is out there. I'm not going to create anything that's like so unique that it's not like the base of it isn't there. So I think like a lot with like creativity, it's like how many people have taken a picture of the Coliseum? You know what I mean? Like, but it's always that different perspective of it and our different editing processes. And that's where the creativity comes in. But I think like, yeah, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but no, that, makes, that makes complete sense. And like, it's funny, I have not been consistent with it, but like, I have like masterclass, which actually is not as expensive as I thought. Mm-hmm. I was blown away, and I was watching the one on like the guy who started Starbucks, and something that was so pivotal to me. He was like, "It's not about pioneering; it's about disrupting." And I was like, "That's huge," because mm-hmm. like, it's very, very rare that like you pioneer and like. Yeah, but like it's cool. That obviously, I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. Like being a pioneer of something, like inventing, is amazing. But like disrupting the market is like where really a lot of action takes place, and like a lot of creativity, and but also inspiration. Like that's where you're like, you know what? I like what they're doing, but I want to do it different. Yeah, that's like the hard part too, because it's like I don't know. As I'm like. So the whole like week with almost 30, where it was like the leadership thing, the podcast pro, like it really triggered me because I think I've come from this space of like, you just, you fell in line, right? Like you just like, whatever. And I'm just like, so 
I don't know. Like, like I said, I've always had this like fire and I'm like, I want to do things different, but then like, I've always, that's been my shadow. And that's been like where I felt like I should be. And it's like, you're going to, it's that fear of rejection, right? Like at the end of the day, the fear of rejection. And like, it's like, I know what space I need to fill, but then there's a part of me. It's like, especially I think when you're not at a certain level, like as I'm trying to grow, it's like, well, if I say this and it rubs people wrong, are, am I going to lose, you know, lose all my listeners, you know, or like little things like that. But it's like, you're not going to like succeed unless you take those steps either. So it's like, it's a give and take. And I know like entrepreneurship, I had this one guy was up in it was in the bar and he was like talking about it. And he's been an entrepreneur for like years and years and years. But that's what he told me. He was like, you know, sometimes you'll have like multi-million dollars and sometimes you have nothing. He's like, that's just the journey of it. And it's like, you, you have all this money and then you invest it all and like hope that it goes well. And like, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it does. And so, yeah, I think it's just like taking those risks, but yeah, it's like when you can step out and be the leader and do something that is not the status quo is where the real like shift comes, but it's like not being afraid of that. And I think that's, that's the shadow work I'm doing right now is just really leaning into like myself and my knowing and trusting myself to just be like, you know what, like whatever I have to say, like, maybe it doesn't resonate with everyone, but it's going to resonate with the right people. And so I just have to like, trust that and trust that. I don't know. I'm like big recently. I'm big on the, just like unfollowing people that don't resonate with me. Or if something triggers me, I'm just like, nope, because I don't need to see that and make and allow that to sway where the path that I, that I know I'm going. So I'm seriously. (laughs) Yes. This has been so much fun. Oh my God. No, (laughs) so much for having me. Of course. Beautiful conversation. It has been, I can't wait to like edit it and like listen to it again. I, I love oh it. Oh my God. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Especially me reading out the book passages. Cause those were just like, <laughs> I know. Scary. And I, and I want to re-listen to those. Like, cause I was trying to like close my eyes and take it in. I just like, I know yeah, I love oh to like, God. what online bookstores do you use that are not Amazon? Cause I literally, yes. that like, that has been in my head since you said it. And I'm like, Damn, oh, I good. yeah, no, so. I, I love, I love thrift books just because thrift like books. it's super cheap. It's really easy. My books have come to me like pretty relatively pretty fast. I also really like um, bookshop.org, which I would love to become an affiliate of because you also see the amount of money that you've raised, but like mm-hmm. Each book you buy is from a, a bookstore near you. And then that like a portion of that money obviously like goes to like that bookstore. So it's like kind of a nonprofit and I just really, really like it. It's branded really well, but I would say those two are my favorites. So. Okay. I will link them below. And then as I'm like re-editing this, I will definitely, I'll, I'll list out the books that you talked about and I'll get the links in the show notes Yay! for that too. Oh my God. Um, but where can everyone find you? And is if there's anything else you would like them to know, all the listeners know in closing. Um, okay. So they can find me at, uh, on Instagram at dog Um, and then they could also find me my personal it's at alexandra.bebe.shelly and that's S-H-E-L-L-Y. Um, and honestly, I, you guys can DM me and ask me any questions about books, about mediumship, about anything. I am such an, I'm an, LOL, I'm an open book. (laughs) Um, and I think, one of my favorite things is like, a, I feel like one of the reasons why I love this podcast group is like, I'm so blown away by all you women. Like we all have such strong purposes. And like, I feel it gave me so much hope that the world is waking up 
Honestly, because I think it's really easy to look out in the media and be like, well, fuck, like, what the hell? Like, people just attacked our, like, our country's capital. Like, what the hell is going on, you know? But then you, but then I'm in this container of women and I'm like, thank God you guys exist. Like, this is what we need. So yeah. I think, like, my biggest thing is, like, I'm so here to, like, support you guys, like, answer any questions about, like, literally what I just said, books, book racks about dog-eared, about mediumship, like, I am so here for it, and, like, I, I love, I love you, and I love everyone, so, yay, I'm so Amazing, oh, I'm so, yeah, this has been a beautiful conversation, and I will link all of your information in the show notes, and I will probably be reaching out to you about mediumship, because that's just, like, I'm so fascinated, so interested, like I said, I had, like, a taste of it this summer, and I just feel like on this journey, I've been, like, waking up to it more and more, and I'm just, like, I just want to tap into that and just let it go like yes. completely so amazing i will i'm gonna be like online after this like getting books and <laughs> looking into it but all right well thank you so much i will i'll see you on the next call on next yeah. tuesday oh my gosh thank you so much just been you're so welcome I'm so honored you invited me that's so oh sweet. i had so much fun talking to you <laughs>